Welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, the what podcast where we are elevating the voice of women in basketball. I am Tara. And I'm Cassidy. Thank you so much for listening today. We have a great show coming up. We are joined by Meredith Minko, a social media programmer for Bleacher Report, formerly worked for the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Minnesota Lynx. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So we usually get started with a little bit of an icebreaker, and since we know you love photography, we wanted to kind of talk about iconic sports photographs. There are so many, and we're wondering if there's one that has stuck with you. Anybody want to get us For started? Sure. Um, so, let's see. I was thinking about this. I work, um, obviously I work for Bleacher Report, and I uh, cover a lot of NBA games. Um, and I think like two years ago, um, LeBron had that series against the Pacers uh, where he hit a game winner. I can't remember what game it was, but he it, like every, he was just going crazy in those playoffs, um, averaging like I think over thirty. Um, and he hit the game winner, and he like jumped up. I think he jumped up on the scores table and like oh. just pounded his chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you know what I'm talking yes. about? And yeah, I think it was game photo. Five. Yeah. yeah, and the photo was just incredible. And um, I made it my screensaver. I like added a filter on it. We tweeted it out and went crazy. And then I actually, uh, so I work out at Equinox uh, and all the NBA teams that are staying uh, to play the Warriors stay at the hotel next door and they all work out uh, at the Equinox. So you end up working out a next to a lot of players and I found myself working out next to LeBron. Um, and what? I, <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, I like working out at that gym, you see a lot of NBA players, but, um, just to see LeBron like up close, I've seen him on a court before, but to see him like off the court, he's just massive. And like he had security and stuff, but I like walked, I don't know why, uh, but I walked up to him and I showed him that my phone background was that photo and he like said it was cool. And then I walked away and freaked out. Oh my <laughs> but... God. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So I just like, I was in love with that photo and then I saw him and I like, I was, I mean, I, I work, I've worked in the NBA, WNBA and I'm around a lot of athletes, but like LeBron is just another level. And I don't know why, but for some reason I was like, I need to show him my phone background. Oh my God. That's amazing. Wait, okay, I, I have a follow-up question. So when you're working out with a bunch of like NBA players, do you actually like work out? I couldn't do it. I think I would just be like, Oh my God, I got to get out of here. Like, how do you skill yourself yeah. to do that? <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Uh, I definitely was not paying attention. Cause like, they you like pick up like people... double what you usually are and be all cool about it. Like exactly. Go, <laughs> go beast mode. Um, you, it's weird, but you end up, like, getting not used to it, but people at the gym, like, some of them don't really even notice. Um, so most people just don't say anything. So I just try to, like, not bother them or anything. But, yeah, I definitely add a couple <laughs> a couple more, more weights to the usual, or I'm just, like, blown away by how out of shape I am compared to prof- standing next to professional athletes. I feel but like are there are other like what? Oh no, go ahead. I I mean there are other like iconic photos that I can think of, but just that reminded me of that story and 
it was just the timing was crazy. And I just remember how um, cool I thought that photo was at the time because he was just like kind of everyone expected like he's on obviously on the decline and two years ago uh, he just like hit another gear in playoffs. That was really cool to me. Nice. That wow. Okay, who gets to go after that? <laughs> I, I nominate you, Tara. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I I have two. I had a I had a hard time settling. Uh, one is just when we were talking about iconic. I took it literally. Like I can't get it out of my mind. And like everybody, it fits in every single situation you need anything for. It's sort of like the most useful NBA photo from the last couple of years. And it's also LeBron. And it's the one of him with his arms out looking at J.R. Smith going, there was time on the clock <laughs> or whatever it was he was saying. I just think like that, oh my God. The, the look on his face and the expression of his body and J.R.'s look on it, like it just captured that moment so perfectly if like that picture had been taken just a little bit before or the picture that was taken just a little bit before and a little bit after just couldn't have been as perfect as like the one that made it out and got memed for here for eternity so that's like kind of like my funny one but in terms of um like inspiring photos i have actually had on my bulletin board at work for years and years and years a picture from I think it was the 2012 Summer Olympics, and it's um, Misty May Trainer, and um, it's right after they won the gold, and she's jumping up and down. And you know, like I just remember watching that Olympics with uh, Trainer and what was the other Walsh? Walsh, yeah, April Ross. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah watching the two of them the whole time like every time one of them would get a point they'd go and they give each other's like giant hugs and huge high fives and Mm -hmm. it was just the whole uh thing was was so fun and so this picture that i have is her jumping up in the air and she's got her back arched and her fists clenched and her fit her arms up in the air and her uh legs like tucked in behind her like this great leap and she's just so happy and so i have that on my desk and I look at it like a million times every day. And that's another one that sticks out to me. That's a good one. Um, So I just could not pick a basketball one. I, I went through a million (laughs) different possibilities and I could not choose my favorite. And so I think the one that I went with is one that just brings me back to watching that game and being so elated. And that's the one of Brandy Chastain after she hit the final goal in the 1999 uh, uh, world cup in against China that is just an iconic picture it's now a statue it's it it's just so much a representation of so much of what that entire experience was like and so I think I have to go with that one do you want to describe it for people That's who awesome. might not remember oh, what it looks like yes it's the brandy chest stain she's pulled off her jersey and she's just like on the ground arms up just elated oh, yeah I love mm-hmm. love that photo you know, we should I'll probably give like honorary to Megan Rapino with her arms out. Yeah. Yeah. I just something about I, I wonder what it is like in human nature when we're just like elated. Why we throw our arms up in the air. I don't know. OK, that's interesting. That's it's a little bit deeper than I was intending to go intending to go on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll put that we'll, have, we'll we'll put that one aside for a little while. Just, we'll look into that another time. So uh, Meredith. 
Uh, we would love to hear more about you and have you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how you got into basketball. Yeah. Um, let's see. So I'm Meredith, like you said. Um, I am originally from Chicago. Um, I live in San Francisco now. Uh, how I got into basketball. Um, so kind of a weird way, I guess. Uh, being from Chicago, I grew up like obviously knowing who Michael Jordan was and I went to a couple games when I was a baby but my family like didn't know anything about sports didn't really care about them at all so I played them but didn't besides because we couldn't really avoid Michael Jordan and his like greatness besides going to games I didn't really watch much sports growing up but um I kind of fell in love with it actually not too long ago, I guess. Um, when I went to college, I started at the University of Vermont and there like wasn't anything going on, uh, not a lot to do. And one of my friends um, was a big Celtics fan, um, NBA fan. So I started watching with her and I had known obviously about it and uh, but wasn't like a super fan yet, I guess. Um, and I kind of became like obsessed with it. Um, and from there, like bought a TV. I didn't even have one bought a TV so that I could watch games and, um, just fell in love with, uh, the Bulls team that I fell in love with was like Jimmy Butler, right. When he was starting, um, Derek Rose, Taj Gibson, Ronnie Brewer, um, that team that was so good, um, right before. And then Derek Rose got hurt obviously, but I just kind of fell in love with the team. And then from there, I, uh, became like, obsessed with basketball, I guess. Um, and then I left the University of Vermont and transferred to the University of Minnesota. And then uh, once I graduated, I got an internship with the Timberwolves and Lynx, um, doing social media for them. So uh, I being like being around the team, both teams, it was kind of hard for me not to become a fan because you get to know people on a personal level and you root for them. Still kind of a Bulls fan, but basically became mostly a Timberwolves and Lynx fan from there. And then, yeah, I just watch, I mean, I'll watch any team. I have like a, I'm more into like players instead of teams themselves, but obviously what I do for work, I watch probably like every single NBA game that goes on during the season, which is a lot, but yeah. Um, what was it like working for the Timberwolves and the Lynx? Um, it was awesome. I, that was like, how I got my start, um, being an intern and, um, they gave me like a lot of responsibility, live tweeting games and, um, just being on the court and interacting with players and getting to know people and, um, learning like on the fly kind of, uh, that taught me like everything that I know now. And, um, I kind of use that in what I, in what I do now. Um, everyone at that organization is really awesome. I actually went back to Minnesota. I got back last night, but I like to go, um, once a year and I went to two links games and, um, they let me sit on the court and take photos, which is really cool. And all the players, some of them remember me from when I worked there. So it's a, it's like a family atmosphere and I, I'm really grateful for that like organization and community, I guess. You were with the team in a pretty interesting year, right? Was that 
mm-hmm. not this past season, but the season before? Uh, 2016. So it was when Cat won, won Rookie of the Year when I was there. Okay. Um, so I was there. Zach Levine was still on the team. Um, it was like right. Yeah. So Cat's first year. Um, and then I think Zach got traded after I left. Um, yeah, I, cause I always joke that I just missed the Timber Bowls because okay. like, obviously mm-hmm. those, those are my two favorite teams. So, um, when you, they got, okay. yeah, they got Jimmy and they got Todd. Well, they got Taj first. Um, I think they had Aaron Brooks. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they had obviously Tibbs, um, was right after I left. What was Carl Anthony? What was it like being around, you know, Carl Anthony Towns? Because he was a pretty big deal when he came on the scene. Yeah, he's um, actually I know him pretty well. Um, I am good friends with his best friend, um, and he's like the nicest person ever. It's funny he's like very nerdy, um, super smart, just like this like giant, obviously, mm-hmm. but like the kindest human ever um one of the nicest nba players i've worked with actually um and he's just like obviously insane talent um but he's just like very yeah he's super nerdy and nice to everyone and um yeah i would i would i don't know i tried to being social media my whole thing is like i don't really like to stick cameras in players faces without like introducing myself or like uh I don't know. It's just, it's just like an awkward dynamic. Um, but I was really nervous when I first started, so I didn't really introduce myself or whatever. And then um, I had worked with him like once. And then the second time they wanted me to like film a workout and I introduced myself and he was just like, I already know who you are. You're like around here all the time. You knew my name and like how long I'd worked there. And I was just shocked because I was still very new to working with NBA players. And he's just like very kind and attentive and, obviously super talented and it's cool to see him like turn into an all-star and he's like still just like scratching the surface of um like what he can accomplish i think what do you think is going to be the the key to unlocking all of that potential for For cat yeah Yeah. i find him Um, so fascinating because he is really so good and it's just i feel like that that team is just not the place for him to thrive, but like, he seems like the kind of guy who's going to be loyal to it. At least he has been thus far. For sure. Yeah. I, I mean, he's gotten like pretty unlucky. Like they had obviously flip, um, Mm -hmm. drafted him and then passed away. Um, and then Sam Mitchell took over and that's when I was working there. Um, and that was kind of an awkward time. Um, and then, Obviously, Tibbs, they didn't really, uh, their styles, they just didn't go together at all. Um, and now they have Ryan Saunders as a coach, and I think that's going to be huge because um, just with, like, team chemistry, I've really noticed this offseason, like, the team has had the most chemistry out of any Wolves team I've had, uh, I've seen, except for, I mean, I think, like, Zach getting traded also ruined a lot of what they were building. Then, obviously, Kat and Jimmy had a lot of issues. I feel like every year has just been like kind of, 
just not ideal for him. So I feel like this year might be the year that he feels comfortable and um, he maybe could excel. I, I mean, I hope like his defense improves. That's like the one thing that he definitely needs to work on. But yeah, he it's crazy that he, to me, he's like top five center in the league and he's so young and he has like so much that he can improve on as well. Well, who among us can't improve on defense, right? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I play pickup, and I—that's the first thing I do not do. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> Cassidy, I bet you are a pretty fierce defender. Yeah, I fouled a lot, though. <laughs> I was big on like just trying to steal the ball from people, and sometimes uh, their bodies got in the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, so now you are uh, with Bleacher Report. Can you tell us like what it is that you do? I, mean, I imagine you don't don't probably have like very many typical days, but like uh, what does your job involve now? Uh, yeah, so I'm on the social team. Um, we cover, I cover all sports, um, NBA, uh, MLB, NFL, college football, college basketball, combat, everything. Um, so doing, uh, live tweeting, breaking news. Yeah. Right now it's a little slow, which is why I'm like, uh, taking some time off and doing WNBA stuff. Um, but yeah, live tweeting games during an NBA season. It's crazy. Um, and, uh, live tweeting like Super Bowls and all that. And then, uh, college football is just starting up. NFL is starting up. Um, yeah, stuff like that. It's it's kind of crazy, <laughs> but I like it. So you're live tweeting from the from like the Bleacher Report account. Yeah, so we have a team. We have a big team, so it's not. Um, I'm just one of many, but um, yeah, we do live tweeting, cutting highlights, um, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, we have like we have a huge team, so a lot of people, a lot of people working on it. Do you know, like, in advance which games you're going to be doing? And, like, do you do, like, a little bit of research in advance? Or do you try to, like, keep it super, like, in the moment? No, yeah. Um, so I I don't hide it, but I, uh, when I started, I knew nothing about the NFL. Um, and I definitely don't hide the fact that I don't like the NFL, mm-hmm. um, which is an ideal when you have to, I mean, I live tweeted a Super Bowl, but. Um, what I try to do is before a game, I'll read like, uh, the previews or the game notes or whatever. Um, I know like players and, um, like big names and like storylines, but, um, I don't know like the details of it. So I try to do a lot of research. Um, sometimes you mess up and it is what it is, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, for like NBA, I don't need to do any research because that's what I love, but MLB playoffs are very stressful and you uh haven't really been paying attention for a lot of it but we have we have different people on our team that are experts in different sports so we kind of lean on each other i guess what's been like your favorite non-basketball sport to learn about when you had to like i have to do what (laughs) (laughs) that's that's an interesting question um i think College football, I've enjoyed um, learning about. I think it's really cool how, uh, I mean, obviously it's a little predictable in in the like championship game. Usually the same teams uh, like Clemson or Bama or something, but um, 
it's really cool to see each week. Like you don't really necessarily know um, the players are not big names. Like anyone can go off. Um, and like the kids' stories are super inspiring. I really love, I mean, March Madness has been awesome as well. Um, just cause it's so different than NBA where like, you know, who all the players are and what they, how they can produce and, um, what's expected of them, like college basketball, college football. Um, there are random kids that you've never heard of going off. And, um, a lot of them have really inspiring stories and stuff like that. That's, I think like college sports have been um, the most, most interesting to me. So social media is kind of ever changing. And have you ever thought about what your job or kind of someone doing your job, uh, what it would look like in five years or maybe even 10 years? Yeah, I think about that a lot, actually. I also think about like, I, I'm relatively young right now, but I think that like social, um, I can, I, I don't know. I feel like eventually I have to move into a different space because social, I can't be like, I don't know, uh, 40 years old and programming like live tweeting events. Like it's just more for, um, like younger people. So I'm trying to figure out, uh, not only how like the social space changes, it's really interesting to me, but like how I can grow um, and evolve past social eventually. Um, I think it's super interesting because it's so new. Um, People are still like learning on the fly. And um, I think it's especially cool because there are no, nobody really knows uh, what the exact like uh, recipe is to like have success in social. Um, I think I, I really like the company that I'm at because they like, have acknowledged that we need to put the resources in, um, like you get what you pay for. And we have a ton of resources at our company. And I think that's why we're able to be successful, but, um, social so new that like things are changing every day. Um, honestly, like couldn't even imagine what it's going to be in five years. Like we just started, do you guys know what TikTok is? Will you please explain it? I've seen it and I've been afraid to ask. So please enlighten me. Yeah, I I did not want to see it either, but we uh, had to make an account for our company. It's basically like kind of like Vines. They're very short videos um, and you put like music over it and uh, that's basically it. You can use like different effects and stuff. Um, but something like that has kind of reminded me like, uh, how my age or like how I look at it and I just don't understand it. And then, um, yeah, imagine being 50 how, and trying like, to understand it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even want, it's not, don't even, I mean, like, look at Vine, like Vine was really cool, but Vine is gone now. Um, <laughs> like you just never know like which social platforms are going to, uh, die out, but like. TikTok for some reason is very popular right now. So I kind of have to force myself to learn and adapt. But um, yeah, I, we tr- I try to stay ahead of everything. But with social, like it's just so unpredictable that makes it kind of fun, actually, because there's no set um, guideline for how to do it. You just kind of try to be as creative as possible. And sometimes you mess up and um, you take the L and move on, I guess. <laughs> I was kind of, I was thinking about, 
because I I have no idea what the what it's going to be like in five years. But uh, Cassidy and I mm-hmm. earlier got to talk to Stephanie Reddy, who does mm-hmm. virtual reality. Um, she's like the host for the virtual reality versions of the games that go on. And I started to think, oh, wow. oh my gosh, what's going to be the social media virtual reality platform? Like, you know what I mean? Like. Our our minds were all blown when we started to be able to put videos on Instagram, right? So five years from now, I wonder if we're going to be able to tie like virtual reality into our social things so we can just like share this is what my – I mean, I imagine it's not even that far away. People are probably doing – that's maybe what they're doing on TikTok. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, I actually have – I have seen people um, doing that. I think if there's like motion capture – I saw someone on Twitter who was doing graphics where like the graphics looked like they were 3d and they were coming out of the phone and that blew my mind. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's like things are just moving so fast. I can't wait till like we can, you hold your phone up and it looks like, like if you're watching, say you're watching a basketball game and they're like three dimensionally, like running around on the surface of your phone. That's going to be super fun. Yeah. (laughs) Well, (laughs) So uh, enough about the future, the, the, you know, five years in the future, uh, from following you on Twitter, uh, and on Instagram, uh, it's clear that photography is a real passion for your, of yours. Um, yeah. so I'm, you know, wondering if you can talk a little bit about, you know, how that has come about and, you know, what you've learned about photography in the last few years, you know, and how much do you, is it a part of the job that you're doing now? And, you know, what, I guess, kind of, what have you learned about it? Yeah, um, I guess I could start with how I, so I, uh, I became interested in photography in middle school, um, and my dad was really into photography as well, so he bought me a, a Nikon, um, just a basic DSLR, um, and put me in some classes, and, um, then he took me to India on a photo trip, um, just the two of us, and we kind of explored India with our cameras, and, uh, I just kind of fell in love with it. I took like, I don't know, like 1200 photos and we would go out like into the villages and take photos and then come back to the hotel and share our photos and like kind of compare what we got. Um, and like, that's kind of how we like bonded, I guess. Um, and that was before I was interested in sports. I was really just shooting like, uh, portraits and landscapes and things. Um, and then my dad passed away five years ago um and I kind of just like so I had his camera um so I was taking so I would go on walks like uh in Minneapolis and then when I moved here I kind of did it more um I started with like hour-long walks with my dad's camera just so I could like shoot with it and kind of felt like I um was kind of like collaborating with him on shots and kind of like he loved to explore. So it just was a way for me to like keep exploring for him or whatever. Um, and then getting the job at, uh, BR, I started thinking about how, um, just looking at Getty for my job, I see all these awesome photos, like we were talking about earlier. And I never thought about shooting sports, but, um, since I'm like so passionate about it now, I kind of thought that I could give it a try. Um, so I bought a new camera, um, invested in like a new lens. Um, and I actually shot my first game, 
um, in Seattle like a couple months ago. Um, and they let me sit on the court and I did a, I did a photo essay thing with Jordan Canada. She's on the storm. Um, really good point guard. And she let me like follow her around for the weekend. Um, and I was just thinking about how I'm super passionate about the WNBA and how, um, there's so many interesting women in the league that don't really get their like stories told. Um, cause there's not just the marketing isn't there. Um, and I was just thinking about ways that I could contribute to the league and help grow it and kind of show people how awesome these women are. Um, so I just kind of had this idea to do photo essays. So started with my first one with Jordan, uh, like a month ago and kind of wanted to show her personality. Um, went to her apartment, did some stuff with her sneakers and, um, then we went shopping and picked out her outfit for the game and she wore it to the game. And then I sat on the court and took photos. Um, and I just like, I had never sat on the floor and I really fell in love with it. Um, so I kind of made it into a series. Uh, I went to WNBA all-star, um, and shot photos there. And then I followed, uh, Liz Cambage around, um, took photos of her. And then I went to LA and then I just got back from Minnesota. Um, long, long answer, but I just really like, uh, telling stories through photos because that's what I'm passionate about. So being able to like mix, uh, sports and photography is something that I never thought I would do, but I'm just having so much fun with it. What are some of the, the challenges of, uh, taking like game pictures of the games? Cause like I never in a million years, I can't, I can't take a good picture just like to save my life. Even if it's just like me staring at somebody and taking a picture of their face, like two feet away, <laughs> much less trying to capture the action on the court. So what are the, some of the things that you're kind of studying and trying to figure out about how to do that? And have you had anybody like give you any tips or anything? Yeah, it's actually interesting. So I have realized that I like to take more portraits of players than action shots. Um, I think part of that is just like, I think it helps convey their personalities a little more, but also uh, it's just a technicality thing. Cause my, so I have a good camera, but my lens, like, do you ever see those people at games with the white lenses that are like, like I don't know, like long. five feet long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like those lenses probably they cost like five to ten thousand dollars. Oh wow. So I obviously am not gonna spend that much on a lens. Um and so I kinda work with what I have and because my lens doesn't really capture it will capture sh- some motion, but not a ton. I've kind of used um like what I have and it just so happened that I also really enjoy um taking photos like portraits of players in games because like every every photo essay I'm doing or like every time I'm taking a picture of a player my goal is to like convey their personality in some way um and like taking portraits to me is it's an easier way for me to show emotion of players um than like in game shots um but I have a lot of a lot of photographer friends that I met through Instagram um, and they give me like a lot of advice from editing to um, equipment and stuff like that. The community is really awesome and there's so many talented people out there um, and I'm still really new to it and I'm learning a ton. Um, but yeah, I've just kind of, kind of figured out like I've only shot three or four games now. So I'm still figuring out 
um, what I like, how to, how I like to edit and all like all that. And I just think it's been a really cool learning experience for me because I can, it's something that I can like keep improving on. Awesome. Um, so you talked a little bit about the WNBA and regular season is almost over. So I'm wondering what have been the highlights for you this season? Um, yeah, season's almost my, my team, the Lynx clinch a playoff spot tonight, which is awesome. Um, I, I mean, the highlight personally for me has been this like photo essay thing that I've been doing, traveling to different spots. Like I've really gotten to know a lot of players, um, like on a personal level and they're all so nice. Um, and so kind every arena I go to, um, every single WNBA player I've met has been extremely kind and they're super grateful for coverage and um everyone's just so welcoming and like every time I shoot a game and I kind of look down and I realize that I'm sitting on the floor of a court right next to like a team bench like that to me is just the coolest thing ever um in terms of the season uh I just love like how competitive it's been um there's really like Every team this year, there's no clear favorite for the title because the Storm won last year, but they have um, Sue Bird and Brianna Stewart out injured. They're still playing really well, but um, they're the defending champions, and obviously they're missing uh, two out of their big three. Um, so, like, every team has a shot to win it, and there's really only, like, one or two teams that are for sure not good enough like in the nba um there's i think there's a pretty big gap between the top tier teams and the bottom and wnba there's just at least this year there's no wiggle room at all um the seating is crazy and they do like one game playoff series for the first for the bottom team um which is super exciting um i'm just really excited about how competitive the league has been this year and i really I noticed that a lot more people are paying attention and they're excited about it. And that's just really awesome to me. Are you covering it for Bleacher Report or are these, um, is, are you going off and doing these year on your own? Um, the only one I covered for Bleacher Report was with Liz for All-Star. Um, so we made it, uh, an Instagram story for Bleacher Report and um, followed her around for the weekend. She's a she's a really interesting person. Um, she's six eight and uh, like one of the most dominant post players. She scored fifty three points in a game last year, which is like the most ever. But um, she's also a DJ in her spare time, and um, she took like three years off of the league and she said recently that after 2020 she's done with the WNBA she's just like she has a lot more going on off the court um which I think is really cool so we followed her around for the weekend made an Instagram story and uh just got to kind of experience like Vegas through her so that was really cool um but all the other ones yeah I'm doing on my own um I have a lot of PTO in the summertime so I just kind of have spent it uh informally working like I'll take some photos for our speaker page um and I pass some stuff along to slam and league fits and um all that so I'm just kind of using my free time to uh promote the league I guess but 
um, it's been super fun. Probably the highlight of my summer right now. I loved all the all-star coverage. That was amazing. Um, oh, I followed you. all of it. <laughs> um, uh, and I'm just wondering, like, what do you, did you have a highlight of the weekend? Uh, I think so. Liz, like there was a lot of stuff that went wrong, uh, mm-hmm. for her over the, that weekend. Um, just like it, the WNBA has a long way to go and how they treat their players. Um, and I guess I won't get into detail, but, um, she was kind of frustrated. And then the last night, um, we like had wrapped up the story and, uh, I just asked her if she wanted to see like all the footage we took of her. So, um, and there was like a lot of drama that weekend. She sat me down and just said she was really sorry for everything. And then I showed her all the pictures I took of her and she was like blown away. Um, and then afterwards I like, I posted a couple of them on my personal page and just said like, uh, that she's just like, there's really no one like her. Like she just does whatever she wants. She's also like a very kind human being. Um, and she sent me a message and said that like what I wrote about her made her cry. And, um, she just like, ever since then she'll, um, hit me up a lot and like send me encouraging things and invited me to go to Vegas for a playoff game. And which is just like, I don't know, super like kind of her and like her, her equivalent in the NBA is probably like top two or three player. Um, and just for her to be like so personal and, uh, grateful for just to see her face when I showed her the photos I took of her was like really cool to me to see like how, I guess what, how my work, uh, impacts other people, I guess. Gosh, the WNBA players like seem so (laughs) accessible and like willing to you know interact with media and like i kind of to throw it back to like the very beginning of when we started talking like what would it be like if there were a bunch of wmba are there wmba players in the gym that you work out at and like are they do they behave like the nba players do it's funny so that you say that because a lot of them even have trouble getting memberships to equinox their lifetime um, in the summertime to work on their game. So like, I know a lot of them work out at Planet Fitness because it's cheap. Like it's, there's just like the, the average salary in the WNBA is, uh, I think like 60 to $70,000. Um, and so with that, like, I mean, they're just great people in general, but there's so much inequality and, uh, there's, such a lack of coverage that they're grateful for everything. Um, and yeah, like they're just the most accessible people. Um, they're super nice to media. Um, I mean, it's like bittersweet cause they just deserve like, obviously if I had a say in it, they get paid like pretty close to NBA players cause they work just as hard. Um, but a lot of them can't afford to like even have an off season they play overseas. They're playing all year round. Um, I mean, Chanae, she plays for the Sparks. She's like a full-time ESPN analyst. Yeah, she's superwoman, um, basically. <laughs> I am pretty yeah. sure that she has like a phone booth that she changes in her clothes into. And... Yes, yeah. <laughs> I I got to spend a lot of time with her at All-Star. Um, and she, it was funny. She 
that came with me to get her media pass. Um, <laughs> when she's doing it, they like, <laughs> and they like, didn't, they asked what her name was. And I'm like, come on, oh like at WNBA. Uh, yeah. It's just like, um, and she was so cool about it. Like she's the most down to earth person. Um, yeah, she would, after games, she, when she played for the sun, she would play a game, go home and shower and then drive to the ESPN offices to film, uh, mm-hmm. stuff. And then even now she's in LA, they have LA offices. So she, as soon as she's done with games, goes to film these segments. Um, and she's like, she's so nice. Uh, they're just all so down to earth and kind. I would suggest like anyone who works in the NBA space to, uh, spend the summer also um just going to WNBA games or interacting if you're media like just hop in and cover a game um and you'll be like blown away by how nice everyone is that's awesome um so we do have the NBA season starting up soon around the corner what are you doing to get ready get yourself psyched up for that (laughs) (laughs) Um, in terms of work, I mean, there's so many players that move teams. Um, so it's always about like, even from, uh, like the bottom of the roster, refreshing my mind where everyone went. Cause there's like, obviously there's the big names. We all know Kawhi and PG are in LA and like all that stuff, but you forget how many players switch teams. <laughs> um, there's that and then the NBA I mean in terms of a work perspective the NBA season is so long um so I'm trying to just like recharge uh now to get ready and um I don't it's just it NBA season is one of my favorite times because every night you have five to ten games to watch um that are super exciting but it does take a lot out of you so uh, if you work in that space, uh, summer is usually after free agency is like to recharge and, uh, kind of get ready for a whole new season, I guess. Get a lot of sleep, hydrate, do all those good things. <laughs> Take care of yourself. <laughs> what do you, what do you guys do to get ready for NBA season? Oh, I'm sitting around just tapping my fingers impatiently. Okay, actually, you know what? You might be able to help me with this. One of the things that I do to get ready for the NBA season is I start hounding people on major platforms about replacing the pictures of the players who are oh in the wrong God. uniforms. Um, yep. That is like – I've done that for five years now. Um, the first, it's gotten way better. The first year I did it, I actually on, it was, it was all the way to, uh, MLK junior weekend. I went, I spent the entire mm-hmm. weekend going through like all of the players on NBA.com who were not wearing the right uniform. And then I wrote a very nice and helpful letter saying, just so you know, Here's all the people whose um, pictures haven't been updated yet. And I, you know, was like, you could just Photoshop them. We all know that. That would be great. So every year it's gotten a little bit earlier. So that's one of the things that I do is pretty soon I'm going to start looking. You're doing. Yeah. You're doing the Lord's work. Thank you. (laughs) So true. There's nothing worse than seeing like an ex blazer in their blazer jersey, knowing they're not playing for us anymore. And it's just so upsetting emotionally. And you're like, I can't see that right now. I need a season. I did. I did send a note to the NBA that told them it would be okay if Ed Ed Davis stayed in a blazer uniform. Oh, yeah, forever. (laughs) We actually, we got a few 
uh, former Blazers on the Wolves now. Uh, uh, Jake Lehman. And who yes. else? Um, Noah Vonley. Yes. And then Shabazz, Shabazz Napier, too. Shabazz yeah. is the man. You have such a team. <laughs> you have to look up Shabazz I, yeah. is the man if you don't know about it. Yeah. It's a fantastic yeah, commercial he did. Shabazz is the man for for a coffee company. Oh, that we will yeah. not name. just Google I'm Shabazz write that is down. the man. And then mm-hmm. get your in arena people, draw it to the attention of the arena people so that they can play Shabazz as the man every time he scores. Um, oh, actually, yeah. That's a good, I'll pass that along for sure. Cassidy, we wanted you, to, oh, sorry. We're, we're, this is, this is really our passion project is continuing Shabazz as the man. <laughs> Although, you used to anything I can do to help. Good. True. Uh, Cassidy, what are Here's you doing to get ready? Too? I'm definitely going to need to re-familiarate myself with rosters. And then I spend a lot of time watching, like, anything that NBA TV puts on, like the Hardwood Classics or last season's playoffs or, you know, I'll watch them all uh, if there's not other games Mm -hmm. on. So um, I think getting prepped. But I honestly think I'm going to need, like, a whole entire giant chalkboard to tell me where everyone went because it's just madness this year. And I just, like, can't even – fathom the blazers roster let alone 29 other rosters so <laughs> taking we, my time how do we feel about how do we feel about his son white side on the blazer i'm excited okay so far he's been social media gold so i'll take it <laughs> he is that i do remember that yeah he seems to be having a more positive attitude towards life so i hope that transfers to the court this year um <laughs> You know, yeah. I I am thinking positively about it because we he only needs to really be here for a year because Yusuf mm-hmm. will come back. Um, I I do think we're going to need him the whole year because I don't think uh, Cassie and I were just talking about this earlier. I don't think that he's going to be ready to go. You know, I think they'll be easing Yusuf back into the lineup and it won't be until the playoffs that he's like really up to speed if he is able to get up to speed completely this year. So they just need Whiteside for that. And everybody knows like first year honeymoon, you know, uh, he's already, we know already that he's happy to be here. He clearly was ready to be done in Miami. Yeah. And, you know, in Portland, our refrain is just basically like Damian Lillard can bring out the best in anybody. And Mm -hmm. we've Mm -hmm. not yet seen a player who didn't outperform our expectations after hanging around Damian. Damian, like he's known for like, as soon as guys come in, he says, okay, these are the rules. This is how we do things around here. And, you know, uh, we're like a family and we take that really seriously. And so far everybody has, you know, gotten on board. So I am feeling positive about that. <laughs> I think he might be like the strongest. I'm trying to think of like other leaders in the league, but everyone says that about him. Like, mm-hmm. and just to see how like supportive the franchise is um, and how loyal they are to him is like, yeah, I don't think I've seen that. I'm trying to think of any other player, but he really like sets the tone of that team. It seems like like on and off the court, um, and just seems like the best teammate to have. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he he just 
he so far uh, at least i mean we have no reason to think that he's not just exactly who he says he is and has always said yeah. he's been he's been extremely consistent in the messages that he has given and the team has been consistent in you know making sure that he's happy but not like he doesn't act like a diva in any way shape or form he so clearly wants mm-hmm. what's best for the whole team oh i could go on and on but i won't <laughs> <laughs> We really, really love him. Let's see, Cassie. Do we have any other any other questions hanging out there about WNBA or photography or anything like that? I think we got them all. Did we? I think so. I think yeah. So. How about do um, you want to tell folks how they can find you and find your work? For sure. M U R R M I N K S is my Twitter and Instagram. Um, I guess that's where you can find me. Um, yeah, most of my photography and everything is over there. I spend way too much time on social media for work. So right on. I'm very accessible. Well, <laughs> it's it's a pretty it's a pretty uh, interesting world to get kind of caught up on. Do you ever come to Portland for games or anything? Um, I've been to Portland once, but um, I definitely am due for another trip i've obviously seattle was there um and then i'm planning on going there for a playoff game but i definitely um yeah i'm gonna have to have mila um take me there yeah well my friend who's big blazer twitter people don't know oh yeah (laughs) mila madison we love her um shout out to neela <laughs> hey neela congratulations <laughs> on the new job <laughs> so, shout out to amara too um, yeah um, i'm pretty good friends with her and she i'm sure everyone in the blazers world loves her as well she does awesome work and she's a great human and it's her birthday Yay! Yay, Mars birthday. Yeah, so yeah. Twitter was full of um happy birthdays for her. Yeah, she's absolutely a treasure. It's super awesome to have her at the helm of the Blazers social media. Well, if you do come to Portland, be sure to look us up. We'd love to meet in real life. For sure. But it sure has been fun yeah. talking to you. Um, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap it up here. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, you can find me at TCB Biggs on Twitter. You can follow the Hoops and Talks podcast on Twitter at Hoops and Talks. If you want to subscribe to the podcast and get all the episodes, subscribe to the Blazers Edge podcast. We'll have two episodes out every week. One's our weekly podcast where we talk about Blazer stuff, and one is the Women's Hoops and Talks podcast. So please go to wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe and give us all the good reviews and everything like that. Um, We uh, love to hear from people. Cassidy, do you want to go ahead and take us out of here? Yeah. So remember, we love email. So send us your emails with your icebreaker ideas, questions, or whatever you want us to know. Maybe your favorite sports photograph. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Cassidy Gemmett. And Tara already told you how you can find her. So check it out. And thanks for listening.